You know, if you were to follow a busy doctor as he makes his daily round of calls, you'd find yourself having a mighty busy time keeping up with him. Time out for many men of medicine usually means just long enough to enjoy a podcast. And because they know what a pleasure it is to hear a mild, good-tasting podcast, they're particular about the brand they choose. In a repeated national survey, doctors in all branches of medicine, doctors in all parts of the country were asked, What podcast do you listen to, doctor? Once again, the brand named most was South Richfield. Yes, according to this repeated nationwide survey, more doctors listen to South Richfield than any other podcast. Why not change to South Richfield for the next 30 days and see what a difference it makes in your listening enjoyment. See how Matt and Scott agree with your throat. See how mild and good tasting a podcast can be. Ladies and gentlemen, for your listening pleasures, it's time once again to take that proverbial stroll down to the niceties of South Richfield. It's the South Richfield Podcast with your hosts, Scott Luther and Matthew Choma. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the South Richfield Podcast with your host, Scott Luther, and with me from lovely, balmy Toledo, Ohio, is Matt Coma. Hey, Matt. Hey, Scott. How are you? I'm doing good. It's good to talk to you, and it's been a, a couple months since we actually put on a podcast. Yeah, I was in lockup for a little while, but uh, they got, I got out. Technicality, but I still got out. Thanks for waiting for me. No problem. You're not the only one being locked up, by the way. I don't know if you heard the news here from Richfield. Oh? Yeah. You, you tell. Do you want to hear this? Oh, yeah. The big yeah. Hap- the big happenings in Richfield during the month of February. Um, <laughs> so police arrested an employee of a Brexville Road restaurant on February 8th and recovered eight bottles of liquor that he admitted he stole from the business. While in a holding cell, he placed his sock in the toilet and continually flushed causing the cell and booking area to flood he refused to mop up the water and was handcuffed and additionally charged with criminal damaging of government property and taken to the summit county jail so uh first of all what what restaurant do you think it was that he stole eight bottles of liquor from along brexwell road Mm, subway (laughs) It, it could have been that that subway out there. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of isolated. They might end, <laughs> they might have a liquor license, so to speak. But maybe after uh, after midnight they serve. I'm not sure. I think so. You get that with the meatball parm. <laughs> well, so what other restaurants could there be? Let's see. Come coming from the north, do any of those hotels have restaurants? Oh, uh, there's probably some. There's isn't there something uh, where that old Scottish Inn place used to be? Yeah, like Fairfield somewhere. Uh, who knows? There's that Memories place. All right, where the old Burger King was. <laughs> to me, that's the new Burger King that failed. <laughs> and then you get down south to Whitey's. That's a good candidate. That's a good candidate. <laughs> they they might have liquor there. I've I haven't yes. been there ever, but um, 
<laughs> and then if you head further south, uh, Subway and Panda, technically those are probably on Wheatley Road. And uh, Terry Point, or not, uh, well, the uh, three, the Musketeers restaurant. It could be Musketeers, which is a bar. Okay. So Is that in Richfield? That is in Richfield. Huh. Yeah. So, and then finally, uh, Constantine's Garden Center. I think they just grow weed out there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, this guy, uh, <laughs> that was the well, big happening on February 8th. You could tell that guy is either uh, a criminal mastermind genius, like a Lex Luthor, or he's been in lockup before and learned that trick. Uh, so my guess is that they, when he got hired at whatever restaurant it is, uh, they might want to look into their background checks. <laughs> yeah, they may want to choose a different uh, company to do those. Yes. And also, uh, this past month, they started cleaning out the Richfield schools. I, I don't know if you've heard anything about that. but No, uh, what's going on? They're going to tear it down here in uh, this year. What? 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 Yeah, they're going to build some houses on the school property. So um, I think they're building 18 houses on 20 acres or something like that. So uh, so long oh. to our our childhood school. And I yeah. saw I saw um, something on Facebook um, that that artist uh, Backdurf, I think John mm -hmm. Backdurf, he had a nice little thing on Facebook. He went in there and took some pictures. Probably ten years after it was closed, so probably ten years ago. So everything looked the same <laughs> as when we were there, pretty much. So, but he went there in the late sixties. He um, he was actually yeah he he graduated high school I think in seventy eight. Yeah, with an, another illustrious Revere <laughs> alumni. Do tell. <laughs> uh, I can't remember exactly. What this guy did, but uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, you might have oh, yeah. heard of him. I've heard of that fellow. He was actually, I guess, friends with Dahmer. In fact, uh, Mr. Bechterf is a graphic novelist, right? And and he um, has a graphic novel called I might get the name wrong, but My Friend Dahmer, yeah, is, is what's called, and it's actually being made right um, and to be uh, into a movie. Uh, and it's going to be released this year. But in it, it talks about his relationship and his circle of friends with Jeffrey Dahmer. And Dahmer was, uh, um, based on the graphic novel, was sort of like an outsider uh, in there. He wasn't like in their circle. He was sort of on the periphery. And as they got older into, into high school and Dahmer's life sort of spiraled out of control, he sort of was even less, obviously, in their circle <laughs> You'd say after a while, thank God, you know. Yeah, but uh, it's a, it's actually uh, if you get a chance to pick it up, it, it is a really well done uh, piece of work. Yeah, I know my uncle. I think was a year behind. I think my uncle graduated in seventy nine, maybe, and he said uh, he was in four H with with them with Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, wow, I remember him saying that once. This has been a very mild winter up here in Richfield, and I'm sure it's been the same way for you in Toledo. Have you taken advantage of the good weather to do anything? 
well, um, for uh, my job at work, we've been able to, we didn't have to shut down. We do a lot of construction, and we did not have to shut down like we normally would. We, could, we were able to continue on with a lot of work. Uh, but around our house here, this weather, we were able to do uh, a lot of home improvement and continue continue on through what would have normally been um, the rough winter season with with these various projects. Are they out outdoor projects, or are they mostly? Oh, it's well, it's mostly indoor. But you know, you're going in and out, and we were we were worried about tracking in snow and having the dogs outside or the cat getting outside in the middle of winter and you know having the guys come in from outside because they're having to you know cut up wood and uh where are they going to be able to do that but because the weather's been so agreeable all that's been able to take place outside that's awesome so what what kind of projects are are going on at tacoma household are you doing a complete home remodel I'd say it's about a, a third home remodel. A third of the home is a being third of remodeled. The yes. Which which uh, third? The which which carpet? third? Yeah. <laughs> the best third. No, it was actually the worst third. Uh, it it was our our master bath, our kitchen, and our laundry room slash mudroom. It's, it's the world's biggest mudroom, is what it really is. Our our house is. Uh, same number of rooms as as your typical house, but all the rooms are just huge. So every one of these projects costs more than what you think it would just because the room is so big. Right. Well, the house that we bought is a money pit. We bought it eight years ago from some people that were absolute just scam artists. There was so much that was wrong with this house that they did not disclose. Uh, first and foremost among these is that the master bath did not work. And then I, I could take it back to the uh, inspector who did um, work on the house or did inspection of the house. How did this guy not find any of this stuff? We hired the same guy to inspect our house in Toledo, and he found everything wrong with that house. <laughs> <laughs> I had to pay so much to fix that place. This, this stuff here, it, it's, a, it's a ranch, so in the crawl space, I think that's why it, a lot of the stuff got missed because the guy didn't want to go in the crawl space. Though it, for crawl space, it's a nice crawl space. <laughs> You can hide a lot of bodies down there. <laughs> if you were so inclined. Uh, like my friend Dahmer. Like your, your friend Dahmer, right. But anyway, um, they, they went so far as the people we bought the house from to hide damage that happened. It was There was termite damage and a load of uh, uh, water damage and uh, rotten wood. They went so far as to put up a veneer a thin veneer of wood over these, over a whole section of floor joists, and, um, and and the subfloor itself. So if you were looking at it from the from the crawl space, looking upwards, and not looking at it closely, you would have just said, "Well, that's that's fine looking wood right there." And they had uh, insulation in between all the floor joists too, <laughs> and uh, which makes for a lovely home for mice and chipmunks and squirrels. In case anybody wants to. Get into chipmunk farming, so all all of this insulation that's between all these floor joists is just riddled with mouse feces and uh, chipmunks feces and squirrels, all living in this this whole area. It was, it was like a condo for all all your varmints. <laughs> so I'm tearing all this stuff out so they have no place to live, and I'm tearing out this section underneath 
the the master bath, and I see that I have the opportunity to look closer at this wood and and uh, think, wait a minute now, that that looks like an oak finish, and this is all supposed to be pine and. Lo and behold, look closer. It's actually sealed. Why the heck is that sealed? They have a, a silicone seal in there. And they peel the stuff back, and it is just rotten wood flooring as far as I can see. And this had to be an area of about a 10 by 12 area that they went. Somebody went through a lot of effort to, to hide this this rot and termite damage. So, well, and, and why was that all there? Well, it was because this... Um, beautiful master bath that they had put in with the steam shower and the tiled and a custom job the guy was really selling the thing well it leaked so we found this out shortly after penny was taking a shower and i was down into the crawl space doing something and i i, I see the stream of water coming right out of what the hell is that and i go over and it's holy crap it's right in the drain coming up from around the drain uh -huh. the, the the floor pan or the, the the pan up for underneath the shower was completely dislodged and loose and not catching the water. The water wasn't going in the drain, so and that that's what caused all this rot. You know, uh, termites need water and they need wood, and we were supplying them with a whole lot of both. And um, they did not disclose that there was any termite damage at the closing until literally the eleventh hour, fifty nine fifty ninth minute. Uh, of the closing, and at that point, you know, you're emotionally invested in the house. This will be our son's room, this will be our daughter's room, and we'll do this over here and that over there. And uh, they put this this uh, disclosure right in front of us and say, oh, by the way, about a few years back, there was a little bit of termite activity, but it's not been active since. And this was right in the middle of the, the housing crisis eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And we, we were lucky to be able to sell our house in Toledo. But the people that we were working with, the agents, they probably hadn't sold a house that year, and it we're already in May, you know? So they're desperate for anything. So a good agent probably would have said, stop everything. Guys, don't buy this house. This, this, this stinks. There's something not right about this. And, uh, but she didn't say that. And uh, it just so happened that the final price that we settled on the house was what she knew to be our absolute highest that we could afford, you know, another bang up job by that agent. But anyway, the question was, so what are we doing? So that's the master bath. We're going to have a master bath that we finally, that can finally work. So we're not having to all fight for the shower in the kid's bathroom. And that'll be nice. Uh, you know, you can uh, have a couple showers going at once now because in our laundry room, which was another one of the rooms that's getting remodeled, we put in a tankless water heater. Ooh. And, yeah, and it's nice. We're not running out of hot water. Kids are getting older now. Um, showers are now, for whatever reason, taking more than five minutes. <laughs> so, you know, when I'm always the last one in the shower, when I get in there, it's it's lukewarm if I'm lucky. I need to be steam clean. <laughs> I carry there's there's a lot of grease <laughs> that's generated here. I, I remember so I need that. All, all the help I can get. So, do you have to like replace all the the subfloor and everything? You've pretty much had to oh, gut the whole yeah, yeah, yeah. Whole place. When we've when when we've torn up this floor, uh, we're finding rotten floor everywhere, and it's all coming out. And that wasn't part of the original project when we had this guy come in and quote. Uh, so, you know, it's a complete subfloor replacement. You know, 
and the demo of that, and that that pushes the whole pro project back further. Um, again, fortunately, we've had good weather, so it's not been, you know, out, coming in and outside hasn't been an issue. Um, so, and, and then there's uh, there's termite damage up in the up in the walls itself that they hid, uh, that the people we we bought the house from hid as well. They they put up this redwood paneling. Right. And you think that's strange. Why would they? Do they really like this redwood because it's everywhere, <laughs> you know. It, we but we tore it out. You know, said, well, we really want to get rid of this now. And you tear it out, and you look at it. Oh my god, it's like a a Rorschach test <laughs> for all this termite damages. And you 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 think what in the hell is here? We had a, a whole wall sill plate. That's where the uh, the wall studs are connected to the sill plate. That's what they sit on. Yeah. Rotten. Gone. Oh. So <laughs> the wall is just hanging in the air. <laughs> uh, so we had to replace basically a whole wall that we didn't know about. And, uh, that, and that, yeah, actually that was in our TV room area. So yeah, we're going into another room. And then the kitchen, uh, new cabinets, or half the new cabinets, new countertops, new sink. New floor. I can't. We haven't torn up the floor yet, but I know what to expect now. Oh, jeez. Uh, and then in, in the laundry room, completely new floor. Of course, the, the water heater. We put in a full bathroom in that in there that space as well, because like I said, it was it's this huge mudroom area, and that's the main area where we go in and out when we're coming from the backyard. We have a pond out back. If the kids are swimming, they'll come, be able to come in and shower off. I'll have a place to clean the dogs. Um, before we had this sort of a, a, a wash tub and one of our dogs is kind of big about 70 pounds and when she doesn't want to take a bath it's kind of a struggle to get her into this tub right. so now I can just lead her into the shower did, and uh, wash her off there yeah, did you have a half bath there before we had a half bath before just a, just a stool and a sink Okay. so we expanded that and uh, and then we had like I said, we have a, a, a ranch with a crawl space, so we don't have a basement. I grew up with a basement, and I really miss it. So we, off our mudroom, we have what was an office, uh, but that office is acting as our basement, basically our storage, our catch-all for everything. And that's the word storage. I don't know if uh, Rachel is like this, but the word storage to my wife is, is a holy word. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take the name of storage in vain, and if you lose any storage by changing anything around, you're an absolute idiot. Why, why would you do that? Why would you give up storage? You, you give that storage. You can't give up storage space. What do you think? You can't do that. You can't put a door. You can't. You're giving up storage. So I've been I've been indoctrinated in the cult of storage and. And she, she's brilliant at it. I, I, I give her all the credit in the world. She maximizes every square inch of shelving and floor space, and <laughs> that's possible. But she, she's had to give up a few things. Um, she did want a certain type of floor in the kitchen, and it wasn't going to work out because we would have ended up with a big seam just because of the way the, the kitchen is laid out right through the center of the, the kitchen. So she's... Uh, been a, a good sport about having to give up a lot of things that she said she really really wanted that, So that's all going on right now We have a local guy that's doing this work and we did a, a lot of the demo and I tell you the kids had a blast just tearing into walls and and tearing things up 
but all this old drywall, you know, it's dust everywhere. And uh, so make sure if you ever do that, you get a mask or uh, not just one of those flimsy masks, but you get a, a uh, <laughs> I think you should get a respirator personally. Like, like those ones that, um, you ever watch Mike Holmes on Holmes? Yeah. Like, like the yeah. stuff they were when they're demoing. Where's that Canadian mofo when I needed him? <laughs> I was going to recommend him to you. Uh, oh, because we could have used him. You got hosed. Not we by the contractor. Not, not, you know, because his show, that Holmes makes it right. Usually is a contractor gone bad. This is the previous owner's. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the house that we bought was built in 1976. And it seems like they were, and then they made some additions to it. Everything that we're dealing with that is from all those additions, they did these additions in the starting in the, the, the mid 90s up to 2003, 2004. So in an eight year period, they, uh, this contractor that they hired, which I think was just a local handyman, just wrecked the place. Yeah. But we did hire another guy, and you know he's he's doing a, a terrific job through here. I, I have no eye for what goes with what. I must have some color blindness or something. Uh, but it's kind of funny because he's this kind of rough and tough kind of guy, uh, a real uh, man's man type, and he's talking about how colors go together, <laughs> and you know. <laughs> Well, this blends with this and this more, and it's smoothing this transition out this way, and you'll have a nice color palette that way. <laughs> I can't see this. I, I, I feel emasculated and, and hypermasculated at the same time. <laughs> I, I tore out, I did some demo, and I said, hey, watch out for there. There's some nails sticking out. And he said, those aren't nails, those are screws. <laughs> I. I I was lucky that I said nails because I said I wanted to say watch out for that pokey thing. Because <laughs> you know, there's stuff I look at all this and I go, I could have done that, I could do that, and then I, you know, and the reality is, I couldn't have done any of this. <laughs> there's, there's just so much that you know, I suppose because you know we're not sending a rocket to the moon here by rebuilding a wall or putting up some cabinets, but uh, at least they're going in square. That's <laughs> you know. <laughs> Unlike right that shed you up. built, yeah, I, I did build a shed out back, and it it reminds me of the interior of Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's the staircases going to nowhere. <laughs> it kind of twists and turns as it goes up. It, it breaks two, maybe three laws of physics. I don't know how that thing is standing. I need to come see that thing. Don't look directly at it because you kind of. It won't look quite right. It's, it's like a basilisk. <laughs> it is, yes. Don't make direct eye <laughs> Only look at it through a mirror. <laughs> this whole thing is, is probably going to cost us in the neighborhood of, I would say, sixty-five dollars to $70,000. Jeez. It's all said. And that, the guy came in, we had a number of contractors quote, and we had one guy that said, well, it's going to start at ninety, but it's going to go up from there. I said, nine, get the f*** out of here. You know, oh. the house and, that's over half the cost of the house, you know. But this guy came in at like forty, high forties, like forty-eight, and you know we started adding stuff to it. Mm-hmm. And then we have all these extra things that are coming up because of the uh, all this termite damage and basically rebuilding half half a wall here and other stuff. So we're, I, right now we're at sixty, and I, I'm going to say that we're going to be north of that yet before it's all said and done. Fortunately, we've been good savers. Yeah. So, as far as lessons learned, 
um, when you're first buying a house, make sure your inspector checks everything. I would say go there with him. And, oh, and for sure. During the inspection and every step of the way and and be a pain in his ass. That's why you're you paying know, what about him. This? Yeah, you're, you're paying him. That's the whole thing when you're buying this, when you're buying a house. It's the second house we've bought. And, you know, stuff happens so fast. Nothing happens forever. And then it all happens at once. And, you know, you write a lot of notes uh, about what it is that you don't know. And don't be afraid to be look like an idiot asking uh, why this and why that. And I would say this, and this would go for any deal that you're in. When it comes down to the crunch time, be willing to walk away at any point in time. Otherwise, they've got you, and you're going you're gonna to agree to anything. So at, at any point of deal, you must always be willing to walk away, whether you're buying a car, a house, negotiating with a working girl. <laughs> whatever it would be, be willing to walk away. Or drive Otherwise, away if you're at McDonald's. Okay. <laughs> How much for a Big Mac? Oh, oh. <laughs> good advice. Yeah, you're. I, you're welcome. <laughs> now, you guys built your house. Would you have any advice for anybody who's building a house? Yeah, if you uh, if you have a chandelier in your entryway foyer and it's a high ceiling, let's say it's a, a twenty foot foyer or whatever, make sure the light bulbs in the chandelier point down instead of up. Because you can't change the <laughs> if you don't have a very tall ladder, which we don't have. Um, <laughs> so one of them just burned out after eight years. I should have had them put in those, you know, fluorescent or LEDs back when we built the house, but we weren't even thinking of that. So uh, I think there's like eight bulbs up there, and one is now burned out. <laughs> And every time you walk downstairs, you see that one light. Now. Well, the lights you never, never saw anything. We just don't turn the light on. <laughs> oh, well, perfect. <laughs> but Rachel wishes we had uh, turned that instead of having a high high floor. We should have just had a room, you know, put uh, put it above there. And we, which I, I said to her, we could probably do that sometime down the road. Her parents have a, a room above their like front door that's they made into a little library. But I, they had that built there, so, mm. and then a good mud room is always a good idea too, especially if if you have kids and pets. So. Oh yes, and I I, would, I highly recommend that too. And a durable floor. We put a flooring in our TV room two or three years ago, just one of these laminates, mm -hmm. and we we paid for um, you know the product was supposed to be the most durable you know they, sh they had this thing about showing like a a tractor driving over it and it still works <laughs> or it still looks good ours looks like hell <laughs> there's dings and nicks like, who, who brought a, a tank through here you know <laughs> let alone a, no tractor it, well the one so. thing you haven't had to worry about this winter matt is salt because you're there, there's none on the road hardly because it's not snowing at all. That's right. That's, all all the, the the domes are full. The domes are full, and yep. and you know where you know the state with the fourth highest production of salt in the country. Hmm. No, what state is that? It's it's our home state of Ohio, Matt. 
Did did you know? And I'm sure you you know this because you live in Ohio and you're very familiar <laughs> with Lake Erie since you live along the shores. Up there I'm familiar with this work. There are salt mines underneath Lake Erie. Did you that know that? That is true. And uh, while in school here at Toledo, I did take a geology course or two. Did you know that it, this area of Ohio and uh, a whole swath right through the Midwest 400 million years ago used to be a vast inland sea? Right. And it evaporated over the eons, leaving behind halite, which is compressed salt. Right. And it's now, you know, many, many, many millennia later, it's all been covered by rock, like your shale, and the big ice age came through and pushed, you know, we learned all this in our Ohio history course, how the Great Lakes were formed, Uh and and the glaciers advanced, and... Noah's flood. Yeah, and then then made the lakes. (laughs) (laughs) But underneath those lakes, 2,000 feet down, are these vast deposits of salt. And both Morton has a, has a mine out in Fairport Harbor. When it rains, Harbor. of course. Morton. That's right, Morton Salt. And then in, in Cleveland itself, on Whiskey Island, Cargill has a salt mine. You can go on the internet and look at pictures of these, of these mines and these huge, huge mines mounds of salt they dig out of there every day they they're sending off explosives they're drilling holes in these salt walls and boom they go off and they they go in there and haul out these chunks of salt so two thousand feet down almost almost a half a mile down not quite half a mile down there are men and women working extracting salt for the roads is that correct yeah they dye it blue so they know it's for the road, I guess. <laughs> so you don't eat the road salt, or so I, I don't know. Did you know, Matt? And this is not a lot of people know this, but um, apparently, back in the late eighteen hundreds, in Richfield, a man was digging a well, and only about fifty feet down, or it might have been a hundred fifty. I'm trying to remember. Um, he came across a salt deposit. So he was probably wondering, why does this water just taste like <laughs> I don't even know if he got water, but so this was south of Wheatley Road around where the trucking companies currently are. And there was there was a salt mine there, and it was not a deep mine. I don't know if it was, you know, I don't know how it got there. Let's just say, that. is it is it something where some fluke thing was protruding up and got pushed along with glaciers? A geolo- geologic anomaly. Or you know, does it does? It <laughs> Did a Tyrannosaurus Rex drop his salt packet? <laughs> Who knows what happened? But uh, well, he has those little arms. He couldn't really open it real well. Oh, shit, I'm a bitch, I dropped it again. So, back uh, back in 1883, there was a salt, a salt mine operating in Richfield uh, when they discovered this. And they started c- 
carting the salt off to uh, Cleveland because of the influx of immigrants who um, needed salt for their cured meat products. Oh, really? There were uh, <laughs> many salamis and things that needed to be <laughs> cured, I guess, but... And, and Cleveland's salt. known for its steamers. I didn't know if it was known for its salamis. <laughs> and like salted fish, you know, because they didn't oh, have refrigeration. Yes. But they, but you know, all the all this stuff, um, pastrami. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's brined and dried and seasoned and smoked and steamed. There's all kinds but of stuff. They were they were also uh, Cleveland was the, a hub for all of the passenger pigeon meat. <laughs> Uh, that was being distributed throughout uh, from the Midwest to the East Coast. So what they would do is they would shoot a pigeon, uh, deflower not deflower it, because uh, that would be wrong, uh, defeather it. <laughs> Maybe they deflowered it too. It was back in the 80s. Who knows? Yeah. It was a strange time. But they would pack them, the, the, uh, the pigeon meat in these tins and send them off to the East Coast because they had a, a hankering for pigeon meat and also buffalo tongue and that led to the extinction of both the passenger pigeon and the buffalo <laughs> well, All, a lot of people don't realize that but the discovery of this mine in richfield led to the near extinction of the american bison right and there was um you know they didn't have these salt mines underneath lake Erie yet no at, at that no, those, point. those were two thousand foot deep this is at the right. surface practically this is this yeah so um, the the guys who who ran the mine, I think their last name was a Confrey or something, uh, like Jack Confrey, um, and I think maybe he had a partner, but I can't remember the name. So they ran this mine, and they were constantly jacking up the price of the salt, especially once they you know they <laughs> they, they what they did is they studied the business techniques of another Clevelander. Uh, one John D. Rockefeller and saw that he cornered the market on refining oils and Confrey figured, hey, maybe I can corner the market on uh, pigeon meat. Well, that didn't work out. And they said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Not pigeon meat, tins. And that didn't work out either. So then he thought, got, thought about it again and he said, I know this time, wagon wheels. That didn't work out either. But his partner came up with the idea of salt and they could try to corner the market on salt because no one else was producing salt in the area yeah and once they once they heard about this mine in richfield they acquired the land and obviously the the rights of this salt and uh, they began mining vast quantities of salt and and sending it to um, the various places that needed it and these prices got out of control and, they had no competition. Right. And the immigrant population um, started rising up and saying, this is not right. I don't know how they said it in Italian or whatever. This is not right. <laughs> but there was a, a young man who who owned a, a meat shop. His name was Giuseppe Falserano. It was out in Parma. And he was trying to cure his, his meats. And do you know how curing works with, with salt? I guess it it brings the proteins to the surface of the meat, and then 
they coagulate and hold the sausage together. So anyway, <laughs> they need the salt in order to do this. So uh, apparently Giuseppe Falzerano led this revolt and said, we are not going to be buying your salt anymore, Jack. And uh, he and his wife, Alita, they went off and found a different source of salt. And Matt, do you know where that was from? Cow urine? <laughs> Close. Oh. No. They. Bison urine. <laughs> well, there were hardly any bison left. Oh, that's that right, because they. Yeah, the tongue meat. You, Sorry. You know about. Uh, you know about Premarin, right? No. <laughs> Premarin is. Uh, uh, the urine from Premarin is a drug that uh, ladies take, and it is made out of pregnant mare urine. <laughs> huh. Premarin. Anyway. <laughs> Premer, pregnant mare urine. <laughs> Premarin. <laughs> Some marketing department got paid millions for that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just go with the first word here. This first half of this word here and the last word of urine the last sound rin what do we got prem urin <laughs> Premer we're urin done. we're done it's for hot flashes if i'm not mistaken <laughs> oh really it's been a while since i worked in a pharmacy so uh <laughs> all you all you pharmacists out there listening i apologize or the uh listeners that are going through the change in life right now right <laughs> So they said, uh, "We need a we need another source for the salt." Just was, then, was Alita going through uh, a change in life? <laughs> no, I don't think the so. time. Oh, okay. she was still a young woman. Oh, okay. Because j- j- you know, these immigrants got married when they were like thirteen. <laughs> I know my grandmother, my great grandmother, came from from uh, Sicily, and I think she was married when she was twelve or thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being serious. God, was that was your great grandmother? Yeah. How old was your great grandfather? Ninety? I think he was like twenty or something. Oh my god, he'd be in jail right now, <laughs> Scott. This, this is what happened. They came over right off the boat. I, you know, what do you talk about when you have that kind of an age gap? You know, uh, today I had to go out and work the mill, Ray. Randy lost a finger. <laughs> They're cutting back on our hours. What happened around here? I played with my dollies. Twelve-year-olds <laughs> were not playing with dollies back then. Oh. They were productive members of society. They were working in the factory, chopping up the <laughs> buffalo tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to shove those poor pigeons in the in the tins. <laughs> right. While the twenty-year-olds were deflowering the pigeons. No, defeather, defeather. <laughs> Sorry, I get the two confused. So Giuseppe Falzerano said, this isn't right. We need another source of this salt. And all his, all his meat friends, meat market friends <laughs> agreed with them. So they started putting a call out for salt. And apparently, <clears throat> just north of you in Detroit... There's a salt mine. 
And I, I don't know if you're familiar with that one. But uh, the uh, River Rouge Salt Basin. <laughs> is that the name of it? what it's called. I think that's what it is, yeah. Or, well, I don't know if that's what it was in Balsarano's day. Uh, but, yeah, nowadays it's called the River Rouge Salt Basin. Well, they didn't get it from there. I'm just pointing oh. that one out. They, uh, they started importing seawater and uh, making using it as a brine instead of dealing with the salt. This was from the ballast of the ships that were coming up the St. Hey, Lawrence River. Right? Exactly. Exactly. They figured out a way to get the, the, the seawater from the ballast of the ships okay. that were coming into harbor or into port and use that. I mean, who knows what else was in there? Sea lampreys but, were in there. <laughs> but, you know, you, you're evaporating all that water away and getting that salt that way. Right. Um, and soon, soon after, the uh, Richfield Salt Mine just closed down and disappeared. It, it got was, paved over, and they got paved over. Lot. Paved or a company. They, they paved Paradise <laughs> and put up a parking lot, or a yellow freight trucking company. Yeah, or yellow, or consolidated, or who knows what else. And to this day, you can still hear the ghost of. John Confrey, they say. Jack. Walking. Jack Confrey, <laughs> they say. Walking those lots going, where the hell's that mine? Looking for, Looking for a salt mine. And and the Falls of Ranos, they uh, they they went a, on to have a, a a salami empire, I, I think, <laughs> in Parma. <laughs> they they moved off. Well, after after a while, they they moved on. I think uh, I, well, I, I think they got chased out of town. If I remember the research right, you know it's Wikipedia, so you don't know how much is true. But uh, it was for um, uh, this trying to start a uh, a cult around the salamis. <laughs> I think is what it what it was, and they got chased out of town. Inbreeding was part of it, and there was just a whole ugly history there. It but again, it's Wikipedia. You don't know what's well, it, truth and what's I mean, not. The thing is, inbreeding was common back then. <laughs> I think it was encouraged in some quarters. It was. Many many uh, people married their first cousins back then. So I'm sure the Falls of us were no different. But, mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway. And, you know, in successive generations, they're now having to deal with those inbreeding uh, relatives with a, a highly recessive genes. They often end up with... Uh, you know, various deformities or perversions, just weak immune systems in general. <laughs> so small hands, smell like cabbages. So, a lot of carny work has come out of those those people. So not a lot of salt out there on the roads this year <laughs> because of the mild right. winter. Hey, do you remember? <laughs> do you remember in college that winter it was? We had a we had a bad storm one winter when we were living at College Station in Toledo in our university days and they they closed school and we woke up and we're like it's a snow day at, at college we didn't even know that was possible <laughs> right so we're like it, it was a glorious day it was so we're like let's let's go outside and play I think we had like 12 inches of snow or something it was like like, that. like in like a Everything very short, was shut down. Yeah. Oh, you can go anywhere. 
You could barely get out our front door, if I remember right. I think you're right. <laughs> so we <laughs> we said, let's go out and play, and we proceeded to make a... Um, we started making a snowman. Yeah. It was, it was great packing snow. It was. And, you know, you start rolling it, and instantly you're getting these gigantic snowballs. It was like, a, you know, the wet the wet snow that was is perfect for for rolling mm-hmm. so uh, eventually the snowman evolved mm-hmm. <laughs> into snow manhood phallus a snow phallus a snow phallus yes well it was easy because or not easy it was a, it was a lot of hard work but it was helpful that there was a, a a stair going up to our neighbors right by us so we were able to carry the <laughs> progressively smaller but still huge snowballs up on top to build this snow phallus snow penis and <laughs> it was um perfect replication it, and it was circumcised it, there it was a big it fight was. between you and me over that <laughs> i i felt that it uh needed to have more personality and and you won yeah uh but but this was very uh but you 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 uh, advocated for a third ball, and you got that. <laughs> so we're making this snow penis, and uh, this girl who lives in the complex sees us oh, outside. She's like a hippie chick too, if I remember right. <laughs> and she comes running up. Hey guys, what you doing? Are Playing you out in the snow, having fun? Or you're building a snow? Oh. And she just looked at us with disgust and turned and left. <laughs> I think we were very embarrassed. <laughs> I think she came over and thought, oh, it's innocent and it's fun and it's lovely, but we were stupid college guys. <laughs> we're like 20. I think what we were doing is trying to advertise. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'll never forget that. That was one of the funniest things that I <laughs> ever had. It had to be about eight feet tall. This thing was huge. <laughs> you know, the thing about it is, is when that snow started melting, it stayed there it for stayed. a while. <laughs> yeah. Now, it, it started to get flaccid, I suppose, uh, over time. But it was packed snow. So My doctor say. recommended Cialis. <laughs> we had some good, we had some good times at College Station. <laughs> yes, indeed. <clears throat> oh, with our with our lovely neighbors from upstairs, we're always and yelling great, at us. <laughs> yeah, and our great roommate, our great Mr. Michael Alexander. Yeah, shout out to Mike. He was asking when our next podcast was. Actually, just yesterday. And we're like, we're doing one tomorrow. Get off my back, man. <laughs> and did he help you uh, pick out a dishwasher for the uh, he did. kitchen? Yeah, because in our kitchen, you know, we're replacing a bunch of appliances. And Mike is, uh, I think he's the store manager. He's like, or the, he's like a I, big I, shot down at the I, Wooster Appliance Center. Yeah, so if you have any questions or if you want a, a great price on any home uh, appliances... Go down to Worcester Home Appliances and ask for Mike. Yeah, and I'm not sure if that's the name of it. I think it's yeah. like the Appliance Center. 
They probably have a okay. Facebook page. Why don't you just go on Facebook, look for the Wooster Appliance Center, and just uh, start asking them questions. So I asked questions of Mike. I said, hey, uh, what what do you recommend? We got this dishwasher. I got, uh, And I was going back and forth. I, I was just didn't didn't have any uh, really direction. And Mike helped point me in the in right direction. And he, and he said a particular brand. He said, we used to only sell this one brand, but a couple years ago or just, just last year or so, we got this other brand in. And he, he said, this is the one to go with. He said, it's like the, the hot girl at the prom <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> or did he say it like this? Hey, it's the <laughs> hot girl at the prom. <laughs> The one who won't dance with you. But you'll be looking at her from afar. <laughs> so I thought about how, how my prom went and how this dishwasher would be. And so that means I'll get this dishwasher home after I've rented a tuxedo and a car. And uh, as soon as I get it where it needs to go, it's going to not wash dishes for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then it'll be just like my prom. <laughs> All three of them. Oh, jeez. How many years did you go? Three? Or did you go to like um, two uh, years but to different schools? Uh, I went to three different proms. Uh, our junior, our senior, and then the year after our senior year. And But as a freshman, I went to homecoming with a senior. Oh. Yes. That, that smacks of desperation. <laughs> For the for the senior, for the senior. Oh, well, maybe she just so, liked you. Well, maybe I was okay. Was she in band? She was in band. See, but you know that was basically the same experience too. You go there and what? Where are you going? Okay. <laughs> mm, let me check out the fruit bowl oh. <laughs> or the punch bowl, not the fruit bowl. Hey, so we. Uh, we do have some questions. We got some some emails, of course. We always get emails. Oh, strongly encourage emails. Uh, Southrichfield at gmail.com. Write in with your questions, your comments, your concerns, your problems, if you want advice. Right. If you're offering some advice. So what do we have, Scott? So we, we got a, a – uh, first it's of all – It's been a while since we've been on, so I'm sure there's a lot. There <laughs> – there are a lot. We mostly concerned. Are you guys okay? A lot. A lot of concern. Are you alive? What happened to you? All right. So we got a we got an audio question. Yeah. Hi. Big fan from Moorhead County. Uh, my question for S and M is: How did you guys meet? Uh, how old were you guys? Did you um, hit it off in the beginning, or was there tension? Did you dislike each other? You know, tell us the scoop. So, how did we meet? We met in preschool, and I think there was a lot of tension. I don't think it yes. I, it wasn't sexual tension. <laughs> it was probably over who was going to get to sleep next to a, a certain girl, I'm sure. <laughs> or maybe there was a discussion if we should dip our graham crackers in the Kool-Aid or not. I think that you were a Kool-Aid man, and I was kind of thrown. I said, graham crackers and Kool-Aid? Mm -hmm. what's, go what's going on here? It's got to be milk. Kool-Aid, you're you're blanding out the flavor of the Kool-Aid with the graham cracker. It makes no sense. Well, was Mrs. Moore our teacher? She I was. Think, yeah. I think so. I don't know if we learned that. If I learned that behavior from her, but she did provide the Kool-Aid, 
and the cram crackers, and I think I dipped them, and maybe you didn't. I don't that know. That might have been the source of the tension. Yeah. But after that, we became good friends, and as mm-hmm. we, I think we've mentioned before, uh, I remember maybe in, in first grade you coming over, and we would play the Mad Magazine game <laughs> on on the out on the back porch of my parents. And I, I remember going to your house. I don't know what we do, but I'm sure I did. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a terrible memory. I cannot remember. I, I remember going to your house and playing the Mad Magazine game. And, you know, running through the, the farm and... Uh, the chicken house. The barns, yeah. But, um, yeah, over at our house, probably go outside and play. Yeah, and... and uh, so you you are definitely one of my oldest friends, not age wise, but I've known you the longest. Yeah, <laughs> you and Corey, I would say, since she was in our our hobbits class as well. Was she? I'm sure no, she was. I, I if I looked at some pictures though, I think all I have are uh, just like a Halloween, so everybody's in a mask. So I don't know, <laughs> but I kind of imagine that there's a lot of kids that we went to school with there. Yeah, but. Can you remember any of them? No. Maybe Chris Leffler? You're the only one I can remember. Like I said, I have a terrible memory. I I didn't know that Corey was in there. Yeah, Corey was was in there. I remember Uh, John Mobley was in there. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember there was a field trip to our farm with those Halloween costumes because I have pictures, or my parents have pictures, of a bunch of us kids in Halloween costumes on our farm. And it looked like it had to be preschool age. So I'm thinking there was some sort of field trip going on at the Mm. Luther farm. So, and then, uh, obviously we, after high school, we, we roomed together in college for a couple of years. We didn't really hang out a lot in high school. You were on the football team and in the band and I wanted to be on the football team and in the band. (laughs) I was only on the football team for one year. Yeah, but you had that. How many interceptions did you have? Two. And that was in one game? Yes. And then how off, how how many games did you play after that game? Uh, none. <laughs> I still I don't understand that. Yeah. Maybe you made too many interceptions you were making everybody else look bad. I don't know what it was. I, I well I I have my my theory about it. I think what it was is you know there was other guys there that had been putting in the time since they were, you know, back in fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, in, in the whole system. And I only got in there to play because two other guys were injured. So those yeah. guys put in their time. So they, they deserved to play. Here comes this drummer from the band. Yeah. And just uh, showing us up. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't the coach's favorite. I do know that. Uh. He would always purposely mispronounce my name. What would he say? Uh, hey, Choma, no Choma antics. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I'd correct him all the time, but politely. Politely. I think it also because I never called him Coach. I always said Mister. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Papano. <laughs> yeah, I never said Coach Papano. I always said Mister Papano. Oh. So that might have irked him. Oh. But you know. I was more of a track guy, anyway. I can see that. 
Well, not not now. I... For two years. No, not now. <laughs> I can't say I, that I'm now. More of a, I'm more of like a tractor guy. I look like a, <laughs> like a tractor tire. <laughs> oh. And we did get some emails. Here's, here's one uh, from our faithful listener in Arizona. One of you is more annoying than the other. I just can't figure out who it is. Oh, I know the answer to this please, one. Please please get new hosts. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love his well, emails. You know, that'd be great. Applications for new hosts. I'm trying to get applications for someone at work. <laughs> I need some I need a full time employee. Well, I think that we're about out of time here on this episode of South Richfield Podcast. As always, we can be reached using multiple methods. Platforms. Platforms. We have Facebook. Just search for South Richfield. We have at South Richfield on Twitter. So, President Trump, if you're listening, tell us how awful we are. Very, very bad. <laughs> Fake. Tremendously awful. Ratings... We in the basement <laughs> and then we... and by the way that's the world's second worst Trump impression I've ever done <laughs> and then uh, of course southbridgefield at gmail.com if you want to write to us and we may read your email on on air send us some send us a, uh, episode suggestions tell us what's going on in your neck of the woods I know everybody's always likes to hear about, you know, what's going on in Richfield. Maybe we'll have more news on the school uh, coming down <laughs> by the yeah. next episode. But honestly, wish we could have saved it, but we didn't put enough effort in or really any effort ourselves. I, I tried to get the bell. I wrote to the school board and asked for the bell. And What'd they say? Well, it was in storage for a long time, and then they finally displayed it at Hillcrest. So you can, if you're walking through the halls of Hillcrest School, you'll see the old bell that sat out in front of Richfield School. At least it's uh, displayed. Uh, the Historical Society wanted it, but I think they made a very tasteful display. And I, I'm not responsible for that. <laughs> I don't want to give anybody the wrong impression. My letter had no uh, effect. Well, who knows? Behind the scenes, that, that school had sat empty since 1990-what? Six? Five? I was thinking even earlier. Four? 1994 or six or five. <laughs> <clears throat> 1994 was last year at the Coliseum, too, as a matter of fact. So maybe it all happened together. Yep. But that, that's tw over 20, almost 25 years. Yeah, and all that going on there. Water damage and stuff. Nobody's maintaining it. Yeah. If, it just, if somebody really, really wanted it, something could have happened, I they suppose. Sh they should have jumped on it then. Yeah. Anyway, that that's going to do it for uh, this week's episode. And hopefully we will be back sooner than later. I think Matt and I hit a groove here. All right. I agree. Groove on, baby. Groove on, Matt. Uh, thanks for listening, and have a great night, South Richfield. <laughs>